All right, guys, welcome back into another podcast. Got the Detroit Lions in this one, the third stop on our NFC North tour. And then a little bit later on in the podcast, I will be bringing in one of my friends. Uh, he's a, a former college athlete, and now he's a current college football coach. So he'll have some good insight there with the Detroit Lions as well. I uh, just want to give you guys a quick warning as well. Uh, the audio that you'll be hearing will just be a straight rip from the YouTube video that I posted touched on all the points pretty well there, so no need to go back and re-record again. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. All right, guys. Welcome back into another fantasy football video. Got the Detroit Lions here, the third team on our NFC North tour. Um, so the Detroit Lions are a pretty interesting team as a whole. We know that they were very banged up last year. Heck, they are one of the most banged up players or teams in terms of star players last year. Um, they only had three wins last year, but before Matthew Stafford got injured and even Jack Driscoll got injured, they only had one game where they lost by um, double digits. So they're always within one score, essentially. They're a really solid team. They definitely were not their record. And currently their total wins are set at 6.5. You know, I would expect some of those games to go their way. I would expect them to stay a little bit more healthy. So I think 6.5 is definitely too low. I think they could be a 500 team, and I think they're a team that could even sneak into the playoffs. But mostly on this video, I want to cover the fans' football player profiles. So let's get into the quarterback room here. We're going to start off with quarterback Matthew Stafford. All right, so getting into quarterback Matthew Stafford. So he's currently being drafted as quarterback 18, which I think is just way too low. We look at what Matthew Stafford did before he got injured. He was averaging 20.8 fantasy points per game, which would have netted him a quarterback 5 if we stretch that throughout the whole season. And he's currently being drafted as quarterback 18. And even if we look at Jeff Driscoll, who was the backup for the Lions, he averaged 19 uh, fantasy points per game as well. So both of those average, on average, were a top 10 fantasy football quarterback. That QB room, minus David Blau, the third string quarterback, we can just throw that out there. He wasn't very good. They're very solid fantasy producers. So Matthew Stafford being drafted as quarterback 18, that just seems way too low. And even if we look at his game log, it was pretty solid last year. Um... He only had two weeks where he didn't earn a start. And for those of you guys that don't know, an earned start is 15 or more points for a quarterback. Um, he only had two weeks where he didn't earn a start. And that was 12.1, and that was against the Philadelphia Eagles, which was kind of bad. And then also 11.5 against the Green Bay Packers, which also wasn't that good. Um, he didn't have any touchdowns against the Green Bay Packers, which, you know, kind of surprising that you'd expect him to score a touchdown. Um, but other than that, he was very solid. And he only had three weeks where he didn't score 20 or more fantasy points per game. And that was with only eight starts on the year because he got injured. I really like Matthew Stafford this year. I do expect him to bounce. All right, so the Detroit Lions running back situation is not really a good one. Uh, we saw four players hold fantasy relevance last year. Kerryon Johnson, J.D. McKissick, Bo Scarborough, and Ty Johnson. So Kerryon Johnson did play the first eight or so weeks. He had a four-week stretch in there where he had 10 or more points in a half-point PPR league. And then really just slipped up after there. It was never really a bad performance for him. He, he just didn't really seem that reliable. Didn't really get used in the passing game that much last year, which was kind of shocking to me especially from 2018 where he saw 39 targets and then he only had 15 targets last year. I do expect that number to go up and I do expect him to be a little bit more consistent as a fantasy producer, especially if he stays healthy. That's going to be the biggest question for him this year. He's currently going as running back number 22. If he does stay healthy, he'll finish a lot better than that. He, he might even be able to you know sneak into a top 12 fantasy running back. I don't see that happening. I have him right around 15. Um, and that's just if he does stay healthy. You look at the other running backs that were fantasy assets last year. Assets last year were J.D. McKissick, 
um, you know, more of a passing down back. And, you know, he did pretty well there. And then you got Bo Scarborough, who really stepped in for Ty Johnson, who was probably the biggest disappointment or one of the biggest disappointments last year for, you know, waiver wire pickups because it really seemed like he was going to take over for carry on Johnson. And, you know, he just failed to. He didn't look good. Um, there's no real true handcuff in this offense right now for carry on Johnson. Yes, he's going to be the RB1 right now, but I really wouldn't be surprised if the Detroit Lions went out and grabbed a running back, especially if someone like Jonathan Taylor was out there waiting for them. You know, that'd be a good fit. All right, so let's get into the receivers for the Detroit Lions. And just overall in the league, this might be one of the better duos in the league that people really don't talk about. Marvin Jones is a really solid receiver, and you got Kenny Galladay there who's really stepping up. And he finished as a top 10 fantasy receiver last year, and he's currently going as receiver number nine. Now, he's one of those guys where we're drafting him as a top 10 receiver, but I could see him finishing as, you know, the best receiver in the league, fantasy-wise. And they really want surprises, especially if Matthew Stafford plays the full season. I really like Kenny Galladay this year. Um, <clears throat> he was really kind of consistent as well while Matthew Stafford was there um, from week one through week eight. Um, six earned starts, and he was really a solid fantasy producer, averaging 17 uh, points and a half point PPR league after that you know David Blau came in and he had some good weeks mixed in there but you really couldn't trust it you know it really sucked for people that drafted him but that's just kind of the nature of the beast sometimes with fantasy football is that you get into those unlucky situations obviously we don't expect the Detroit Lions to be down to their third string quarterback um if it's going to be Matthew Stafford the whole year I think that Kenny Galladay could easily finish as a top five receiver you know we kind of know that but then we have Marvin Jones who Marvin Jones is currently being drafted you know kind of almost undrafted he's going as receiver like 45 or 41 you know depending on where you look but he's a guy that we know can go off and produce he's a very he's very talented receiver but the problem with him is that his fantasy weeks are kind of just random sometimes but I think 41 is way too low for him especially if you're doing best ball drafts he's a guy that I would love to go on and take and you know receiver 25 or so because you know he's going to have those monster weeks it's just we can't really predict it for season-long fantasy football. But overall, you know, having those two receivers, I think, really helps Matthew Stafford. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really like him as a quarterback this year is because they're both very talented. Kenny Galladay is going to take the next step as well. Um, so just overall, I really like them. Uh, Kenny Galladay last year, he averaged 13.5 fantasy points per game. But that's also with David Blau, you know, stepping in later on in the season. And David Blau wasn't really a good quarterback whatsoever. Moving on to the tight end situation. All right, so TJ Hawkinson really came on, you know, that first week where he just went off and was a huge fantasy point producer. People went out and got him on the waiver wire. They're really stoked about their draft pick and him. And then after that, he really sucked. Just didn't deliver whatsoever. That kind of just echoes the biggest problem with rookie tight ends is that we never know when they're going to produce and they're not consistent. That's the biggest problem. And even in year two, I don't really feel that comfortable taking him as a tight end. You know, typically around year three is when I start to like to mess around with those tight ends but if he does finish as a top 10 tight end this year it really wouldn't surprise me especially with Matthew Stafford you know playing the full 16 games I could definitely see that happening um you know it's just getting used to the offense getting used to the system and just blocking and receiving it just takes a little bit longer for tight ends and I think Hawkinson could take that next step this year it wouldn't surprise me if he went off and was you know a very solid uh, producer fantasy wise but I'm not depending on it, and I feel like he's going to go a little bit too high for us this year. So TJ Hawkinson is currently going as tight end number 15, which I'd say that's about right. Um, but I, I really won't want to reach for him too much. There's going to be other tight ends that we can reach for a little bit later on in the draft that are going to be you know, better tight ends and a little bit easier to predict, and I'll touch on those a little bit later on in these player profiles. 
All right, so you guys just got done hearing my takes on the Detroit Lions. We're going to bring in a good buddy of mine who is a Detroit Lions fan. We go all the way back to high school. Um, after high school, he went on to the University of Whitewater, where he was a two-time All-American. Um, if the University of Whitewater sounds familiar, that's because they always won they always win the national championship. They won it three times while he was there, and it's also the school of Jake Kumro. And now the rumor has it that Jake Kumro never caught a single pass on Marcus in practice at all. So take that for what it is. Um, and currently now, after – after college, he went on to be a college coach, and he's currently coaching at the University of Minnesota Duluth. So we'll bring in Marcus right now. I oh, appreciate you having me on, Eric. Glad to be here. All right, so real quick, just want to hear your uh, breakdown of the Detroit Lions draft here. I was impressed. I was sitting there waiting on that third pick, and you know, um, since they since they traded traded Darius Slay, who was a, who was my former player, so it was a need for the Lions when they pick. Jeff Okuda and me being an Ohio State fan, that I just I jumped on board. Um, <laughs> the line was really good. They picked up a new that corner, uh, DeAndre Swift, who uh, who's who's a receiver, running back, and also go run the ball. I think that'd be good for Matt Stafford. Uh, they picked up an Ash guy from Notre Dame, uh, who, who we need to field, and a couple old linemen, um, who who was a need for. So, and they, they picked up uh, a kid from Wisconsin. So I, I know you're pretty excited about that little Badger guy. But yeah, but I think overall, I think the, the Lions had a, a good draft, filled some needs and and some media needs as well. Yeah, I, I like the draft as well. The the Swift pick, I wish it was Jonathan Taylor for them just personally, but the more <laughs> I think about them, the more I like it. <laughs> um, the Cephas pick too, I like. You know, I like that one. I could see him getting about like four touchdowns this year, being a nice yeah. receiver for them. Yeah, I think he'd be, I think he'd be good, uh, especially if Danny Danny get hurt or he don't pan out. I mean, this year he'd be a guy to step in right behind him. Well, that's see, that's my thing with the Detroit Lions. Is I really like them this year, but I kind of like them every year. They're just always freaking injured. I know that's the thing. That's 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 a yep, yep. And then this this the defense was not really good last year, Lions. So hopefully, hopefully these little holes and these little offseason picks and uh, free agents will help them. You know, we got Matt, Matt Patricia. You know, he got to bring that winning from New England to Detroit because Detroit hasn't been winning. So we need, we need some turn. Every year is our year, though. <laughs> you know, <laughs> after the Packers draft this year, I could see this being the Lions year. That's for, that's for sure. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> All right, so we'll get into quarterbacks here. So I really like quarterback Matthew Stafford this year. I believe – I think you sniped me from him last year in the fantasy football draft. But, you know, this year I just think he's going way too late. He's currently going as QB 18. Uh, you look at his average, he averaged over 20 fantasy points per game, which if you just times that throughout the whole season, he would have ended up as QB4. And, you know, five of his starts were over 20 points, and only two of them were under 15 points. So I really like Matthew Stafford. What are your thoughts on him this year? Yeah, I think I think this year, um, health without health playing in the play, I think he has a, the pieces where, where, he, where he needs. He has a running back that can – let me carry the ball, and then with the new office coordinator, we see how that falls. And he has those weapons on the outside with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. And then you got add Danny and Dalton slot with with T.J. Hawkinson at tight end stepping up, and Jesse James. I think Matthew Stafford. Um, I think his touchdown turnover ratio will be one of his best because if you see if his if his previous years, you know, with his his high interception rate, he took a lot of chances. And and with these receivers, um, Kenny Galladay maybe the most of, but he got those guys that can win those one on one matchups where. He can, he can take those chances at least. He don't have to force double teams and stuff like that. But um, as far as a fantasy pick, it, 
And I think I think that that high rating probably or low rating, excuse me, probably come from a standpoint of which I've done the last two years, which it it, it, it should be as far as him coming into it, as far as preseason ranking. But um, I think this year Stafford will be able to get back to get back to his, his four thousand plus yards and overall, and, and have a good touchdown to interception ratio. Yeah, you know, that's a great point about the two receivers, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Those are both guys that can really go up there and get the ball, which, you know, that that can say that correlate into INTs being down. So it does make sense that over the last few years, the interceptions have been down, and I think they'll continue to be down this year, like you said. Um, so let's switch up and get it and get into the running backs. Um, so... <sighs> DeAndre Swift, I think I really like him as a running back this year. Um, for him, for me, it's a matter of when, not if. <laughs> I say, you know, kind of like your coaching career. It's a matter of when, not if, uh, when you make it big. So let's let's get into uh, DeAndre Swift and uh, Kerryon Johnson. So Kerryon Johnson, I, obviously I like. He's a talented running back, but he's been injury prone. And I just really like the DeAndre Swift. I think he'll eventually take over for that team and become a fantasy asset. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the running back room? I definitely, I definitely like the pick. Um, I was excited when they drafted Carry on Johnson at eighteen, but um, definitely with this pick here, it, it solidifies a a, a a younger back, a young back, and the ones who who can come in and especially if Carry on Johnson are healthy. But like I said about Swift, is a guy who can who can run the ball and also catch up the backfield. And as you know, that's that's the type of running back who Matthew Stafford and Detroit Lions love. The guys who can do both, um, especially with Carry on Johnson health. Uh, we still we still searching for that thousand yard rusher, yeah. um, so ho- ho- hopefully Swift hopefully Swift can be that guy next year. Um, but at least coming in this year as we're here to be a third down running back because uh, with both Scarball he's a power running back and then Carry on Johnson is a both way guy. So hopefully a uh, one way guy most for the most part. So hopefully Swift can be that that guy who can do both. Um, kind of like a theoretic but a better runner. Um, so if he can do that, that'd be that'd be good for the running back room in Detroit. Well, they also brought in the the Huntley guy, which might take over for like the J.D. McKissick passing down role. Yeah, J.D. McKissick. Yep. yep. It's it's, it's yep. an interesting so, running back room for sure right now. They they like to use three to four. If they could. Yep. Yeah. It's just, I mean, they had Amir Abdullah get injured what four years ago for them, and now Carry On Johnson mm-hmm. has health concerns. If Swift can just stay healthy, that you that's, know that's, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing right there. Yeah, the biggest point of topic, I think, fantasy-wise, and just for the whole Detroit Lions, their core, their offense, I think, comes down to their two receivers, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Dalley is a guy who blossomed, especially being like a third, fourth-round pick. Um, I think he's a guy when it comes to, to fantasy who's who, who's going to blossom to the receiver one um, type guy just because he's – if Matthew Saber have a favorite target, like I said, he's that guy when it's pressure, he'll throw it up to Kenny Dalley. So he's going to have those targets per game that, that you're looking for in the receiver one when it comes down to fantasy. And he's a red zone target guy. He's a deep third guy. So um, Kenny Dalley overall, I think, uh, with, with Matt Stafford health and – and being able to be matched off for one of matched off for favorite targets would be really good for this upcoming season. Yeah, and the the tough thing about Kenny Galladay is that his fantasy value really went down after Stafford got injured. Uh, even with Driscoll, it wasn't too bad. And then you know, obviously, once Driscoll got injured, his fantasy value kind of went down. And you can't really per- predict that. It's just kind of something that happens in fantasy football. Uh, let's get into Marvin Jones here. So Marvin Jones is going to be an interesting receiver. Um, I'm curious to see your thoughts on it. So 
he finished as receiver 27, but when Matthew Stafford was, you know, starting before Matthew Stafford got injured, he was averaging 13.9 fantasy points per game, which would have put him at a top 10 receiver if that was throughout the whole year. Uh, he's currently going as receiver 41. Now, yes, he was a little bit sporadic with his fantasy output. A lot of the production came out of three games, and especially just one of those games he went off for like 35 fantasy points in a half-point PPR league. What are your thoughts on Marvin Jones? Are you a little bit worried about him? Do you think he'll continue to be successful? I guess, do you think Marvin Jones will take a step back this year? I don't think he'll take a step back because I think I think Kenny Daly is, is getting a little bit more attention, but I still see when you got two big targets on the outside, that's uh, tough for a defense to, to try to, you know, maybe come back to either one of them. Marvin Jones is another deep air guy. And like I said, I, I agree with you as far as the consistency when he got to his end of the year. But like I said, he had a game where he had 10 catches, four <laughs> touchdowns. You know what I mean? He had a game over five catches, 100 yards. It's, I mean, he had those games because he had definitely had those opportunities because you think about his average his average uh, yard per catch is, is, is up there as far as um, he's averaging a first down per catch. So he, he's a guy that I think who's going to continue to, to continue to blossom, even though he's getting up there with age a little bit. But uh, with, with the with the Lions system and what they want to do, run the ball and then play action or deep threat, and he's also a red zone type of guy. So um, Marvin Jones won't take anything away from Kenny Galladay, I don't think, I believe, but I think he's still a, a safe pick at least. Yeah, I just – I love his balls because I've always liked Marvin Jones. And then just touching on the other – Two receivers, I think, you know, you mentioned Danny Amendola. Then I actually, I do think Quentin Cephas could be, you know, kind of the receiver number three there. I guess, which one do you think will end up fantasy-wise having the most points at the end of the year in a half-point PPR league? Uh, I think Amendola would. Uh, I think with, uh, just for this year at least, especially with the with the new offensive coordinator, he wanted he want to get into more, you know I mean, more short yard passing with doing the slots in. And Amendola is that, that perfect guy um, who can who can set it up when they get into their eleven personnel type deal because I know they like to play with a tight end. Um, but he's a he's a guy that can catch the ball. He's a possession guy, and he's a guy that you know I mean we think about in the, in the slot receiver. If, as far as you talk about fantasy, that that's going to get you some catches, especially in the PPR league. Yeah, I, I really kind of like Danny Amendola more for like a DFS play when the matchups right and the price points right. He's definitely going to be a guy that's going to be kind of a value pick. All right, let's get into the tight end room. So what are your thoughts on TJ Hawkinson kind of last year and going forward? I think TJ Hawkinson is a stud. Um, I think – I hope he's not one of the one tight ends that that Detroit loves and didn't get rid of or, you know, we don't (laughs) let them fully boss him. But but, but TJ – I think TJ is a stud, man. He's a a young tight end who can block. So, I mean, that's that's first and foremost. But he has athletic ability to to get out and stretch out of defense um, and and catch the ball and – and like I said, that's that's one where play action pass. He can set you up. He can win those win those one on one matchups with a linebacker that you, that you would want out of a out of a receiving tight end. So I think all around T.J. Hawkinson being a first round draft pick is you know I mean, the last last first round draft pick of tight end was Ebron, and he he ended up having some catching issues. But I think uh, Hawkinson is a better catcher than Ebron was. But Ebron has has been Boston the last two years. But well, at the overall, that, I think I, I think I really like Hawkinson. Yeah, that's kind of just my biggest pet peeve with the whole league is that they will start these rookies when they're rookies. Obviously, they'll develop them for four years and then they'll just cut ties with them and then kind of just start over fresh and kind of just, you know, shooting darts. I don't know. You say that with quarterbacks a lot as well, uh, you know, starting rookie quarterbacks and then they don't work out and then they just cut ties with them. Uh, it's just one of my biggest pet peeves. 
Uh, but now getting to TJ Hawkinson as a fantasy target, uh, do you think that this will be the year that he breaks out, or do you think it'll be next year or kind of somewhere in between? Um, I would say I would think this year, especially with them running that two tight end system with Jesse James backing them up. I think this year will be a, a step forward. Um, I don't think I think the year after going to year three will be the year where he, I think he'll be a, a top ten type tight end type guy in, as far as receiving aspect. But uh, this year I think he'd be a little bit better. Um, but give him give him one more season. I feel. Um, especially with the new system coming in play for him to really blossom. But uh, I think this this upcoming year, I mean Stafford speak highly of him, so so that's 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 a that's a good that's a good sign right there. Yeah, we'll we'll be able to tell a lot by the preseason news coming out, kind of whether or where we should draft him, whether we should draft him as a top ten tight end. But you're I agree with you. I think next year he could be someone that's like a top five tight end in the league as a yep. whole. Yep. That's it for sure. For sure. And then just kind of getting into the whole breakdown of the Detroit Lions. So they're one of my favorite sleeper teams this year. You look at their games last year, especially with when Matthew Stafford was the quarterback, all the games that they lost were like single digits. I think all of them up until like week 13 or 14 was a one score game, except for like two. Do you see mm-hmm. them as a or as a playoff team this year? I do. I do. And this, this is, and although their losses always come down to a score or some close, but I think um, th- this is this is a team I feel that can that can that can squeak out ten games this year. Um, I know it's a it's a good division to division, but if they if they turn around the late games like let's say last year when they lost to Arizona, um, was a tough one. I mean, or excuse me, tied with Arizona, lost a tough one with Kansas City. Um, Green Bay is always a tough one, but I think this year, this year with the Lions, I mean, the transition over is it, at that point. I think this year we'll add some more pieces to defense. They can they can squeak out ten wins, but it's going to be one hell of a ten games win. Um, and I think turning those turning those one score losses to wins, um, half of those at least. Yep. Can 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 be, can benefit them next year. You you mentioned that Arizona game. I remember watching that, and I think it was the the score, and then the two point. I think they had a two point conversion, and I watched two straight pick yeah. plays, and I was very upset that they didn't call it. Just I don't know why. I felt they yeah. cheated out of it. To be honest with you, I mean, Lions was winning majority game, and then uh, Kyler Murray they went spray no huddle, and they went college style, true college style, and they was able to come back. And you know, I mean, that those pick plays really didn't didn't call anything, and but. They allowed him back in, went safe, a little conservative, had to punt the ball, gave him another chance. So, Some, sums up the Detroit Lions of the previous years there pretty well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Stafford went from Stafford went from being a comeback king to <laughs> having having to chase in the fourth quarter <laughs> to not keeping the lead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, if he can just stay healthy, he's. I think he. You know. He could even be someone that's in the MVP conversation if he stays healthy and that team makes the playoffs. I mean, that's I, that's how much I like Stafford this year. Uh, yeah, I think Stafford, Stafford can give you over forty five hundred, but in thirty touchdowns, he can. He can just it's just like I said, it's just a matter of him being healthy. Um, and and see and see and seeing what he gonna do. As far I mean, they've been an old line, so should should be getting some protection, but just making the right decision, getting the ball out because he got he got some talent on the outside. I mean, I think as a core, as far as receivers and running backs, as a core, I mean, it's probably one of the top yeah he ever had yeah. at being in Detroit. They're deep, uh, so yeah, they're deep, and so they he should, he should hopefully this would be the year to where he can one stay healthy and and, and turn it around because I mean he was taking care of the ball last year at least I mean his his completion percentage or his touchdown to interception ratio was taking care of the ball, 
Um, so I, I think he can get back close to that 4,500 range, hopefully, um, as far as yards in the season. But that's going to come with taking care of the ball and being healthy. I agree. agree. So I have two more questions for you here. The first one is, yep. would you – so basically the whole NFC North, their win totals are around 500. If the Detroit Lions' win total was set at 8-8, eight and eight, would you put money on them going over that? If you, if you had to. If I had to, yes, I would, I, I would put them on nine. They were going to win nine games. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel as well. It's nine. It's just whether or not that will be enough to make the playoffs. And then my second question yep. is kind of more of a more of a DFS question for me personally. Um, kind of, do you watch games in the coaching mindset at all? Is I mean, that's not the question. That's leading into the question. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do now. Uh, I do now. So, it's funny. So I look at, for me, being the defensive coach, uh, especially, I mean, if I'm watching lines of defense, other team offense, I, line, I see what personnel they're in. Um, I just see how the defense is lined up against it. Uh, let's say, for example, running plays. Like, when a runner, when a runner play, I see what gaps are being filled. So I watch it from a, a coach perspective to see. I call a player that's inside zone power counter. Uh, we got play action. We got three seven. Like, I watch from a coach perspective now. So kind of not follow the ball so much, but yeah. looking at the players, that's how I develop you I mean you develop and in, in seeing um how, how players are, how, how they fit in the gaps, who made that mistake. And then because they I know a regular fan, they, you can't tell in the box who's making mm-hmm. who's not fitting right or who's not blocking well. But from a from a coaching I watch it more of a coaching perspective now than a fan, especially when it comes to the Lions. Now, now this isn't the question either, but it kind of makes me think of this question. It's like following fantasy sports it's kind of like ruined the watching experience somewhat. Has that has being like a coach ruined it a little bit, or has it helped it? Um, that so I I, I could I can do more of especially especially when a drafting, especially if you watching if you watch preseason game if you're if you're in a league who drafts week two or week three of preseason you can kind of you can just kind of tell like watching those individual players or the offensive mm. flow. Um, but I would say from a, from a family perspective, just watching overall season is you. I kind of go away from the fantasy watching of it because you're watching from a coach perspective. So you're not really you're not really diving into the the fan. I could, what I mean by the fan experience or the fan watching is you, you were looking for that exciting play. You're looking for that guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to do it. So so it kind of it kind of goes away from it, but. I still, I still try to get both of it from a fantasy, fantasy fan to a coaching perspective. Yeah, it's, football fan. it's it's weird how like excited I get for a simple like fullback taking on the correct block and just <laughs> you know, it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but yeah, the question that, that I've funny. been the question I've been trying to get to is uh so with being a Packers fan for a long time, the last like four years before last year, I always knew to attack the Packers, especially from a fantasy or DFS perspective with the opposing team's receiver. Do you see any weaknesses in that defense in which you would specifically go out of your way to attack the Detroit Lions? Or do you think it's just a little bit too early to tell this season? Um, I would say attack them on the ground. It was um, Lions, Lions rushing defense past year. Wasn't, wasn't ex- exceptional. Um, they, they was especially when you get into the division. I mean, Packers able to run the ball, Vikings especially they run the ball to get some um, attacking the Lions front seven. Um, I mean, before all the trades, I said last year you had Slay back there. Um, you had a couple guys back there. I mean, before they traded Diggs, but I mean, you got Tracy Tracy back there, who's who's the young safety, as far as um being able to defend it. But 
I'll say this 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 upcoming year, I'll, I'll definitely attack him and outside because until they until the Lions prove they have that true um true defensive back who 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 corner who can build a who build a guard, so you definitely want to attack him on the outside because um, I think they they got some more more help in the front seven and adding Jamie Collins and I think that that young the second year middle linebacker from Hawaii um and then Davis I think those guys uh will handle more of the front seven with Trey Flowers. But I think the back end is going to be the year. This is going to be the year where I think um, if teams would, 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 would attack the back end of the Detroit Lions defense. I like that. I like that. I'll definitely think about that the first, what, three or so weeks of the season next year, especially for DFS <laughs> purposes. And then, you know, you always adjust. Defenses adjust and whatnot as well So throughout the year. Yep. All right, Marcus, thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. Really enjoyed the coaching aspect inside of it as well as the Detroit Lions fan aspect of it. I'll have him give you guys his Twitter handle, so make sure to give him a follow. I appreciate you having me on, Eric. Like I said, my, my Twitter handle is at Coach McClin. So that's Coach McClin. Uh, my last name is M-C-L-I-N, at Coach McClin. I just want to give a huge shout out to Marcus once again. He's one of the best football minds that I know out there, so anytime you can get a football mind on a podcast like that, uh, it's always a good thing. I just want to give a curtain call for the next uh, podcast that's going to be up. It's going to be the Chicago Bears podcast, and that will be posted on 430. As always, make sure to check out the YouTube videos as well. We've already touched on the Chicago Bears and that one, the Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Green Bay Packers. If you've enjoyed the podcast, make sure to give a five-star review. Do appreciate that. That goes a long ways. Thanks.